Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Alright, I, I really need you to pay attention tonight because I believe that this is one of the most important messages that I would be teaching. And this message came to me in two ways. First of all, uh, it came to me by the leading of the Spirit, and that's one. And number two, it came to me by reflection. As the Lord started dealing with me uh, where this is concerned, then uh, I began to reflect and I began to think even where my own life is concerned and just generally looking at life. Now, many of us want to fulfill destiny. That should be the heart of every believer. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, and I'd like you to pay very close attention tonight. Make sure you don't miss anything. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare. Who is using the New King James? Plans for your welfare and not for your calamity. Look at this. To give you a future and a hope. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Now, let me say this very clearly. Success in life is not determined by one thing. Success in life is never determined by one thing. There are many things that contribute to becoming successful in life. And how many of us know what the definition of success is in this ministry? Fulfilling God's plan for your life. Alright? Now, are we together? Alright. Now, uh, if the future that God has for you is going to come to pass, a lot of things are going to be involved. And one of those things is relationships. Relationships. Now, that's why I call this supernatural relationships and destiny fulfillment. I've taught a message here before uh, that I titled Determinants or I explained something around determinants. I don't know how many of us can remember that. But I said determinants is an element that determines the nature of something or that fixes the conditions of an outcome. Right? So a determinant, uh, well, let me put it in simple ways. A determinant determines the outcome of something. So if a determinant comes in, it changes the outcome. Okay? It, it alters the outcome. And very importantly, relationships are determinants in life. Big determinants. Now, the reason I use the word 
supernatural relationships, and I'll explain that as we go on, is the fact that when a man is born, or when a woman is born, they, <laughs> they are born into natural relationships. Okay? So, a father and a mother comes together and gives birth to a child. Now, that natural relationship has a lot to do with that child fulfilling destiny in the natural. I'll go in the natural, then we get into supernatural. For instance, if you were given birth to in a family that your parents tried their best, but they could not afford your school fees, and you couldn't really get the necessary education you needed to get, would that be a determinant in your life? You can overcome that. But do you think that will affect certain things in your life? Talk to me, church. Yeah? Okay. And if you were born in a home where your parents had a bit of resource, you could go to a very good school, uh, do you think that will affect certain things in your life? Or you don't think so? It will. All right. And then, or you had some very wealthy parents and they sent you to the best and the best of schools. Do you think that will determine some outcome in your life? Right. So, the condition you were born will determine some outcome. That is why sometimes you cannot rate successful people by just what they achieve. Sometimes you have to rate successful people by what they overcame to achieve what they achieved. Some people had to overcome bad parenting, lack of school fees, lack of support to be able to get a bit of education. Some people had to be sent to school with Zobo, not Bobo, Zobo. Right? They had to be sent with local drink. <laughs> and some went to school with Chivita. And even though you say one is more healthy than the other, but I don't think at, when you were a child, health was your concern. One had fresher taste, one had proper packaging, one you had to drink when no one was looking. Alright? And by the time you are done with one, your tongue will testify that you are taking something. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, those conditions can affect. So, those are natural relationships. So, uh, being in a nation such as ours, the natural relationships, that's not the emphasis tonight. The emphasis is spiritual relationships. Now, one of the key determinants in success in life is relationship. Turn with me, please, to Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. And I need you to really pay attention here because I believe that this will shift the course of the year for, for every one of us. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. In that one verse of the Psalms, the opening verse of the Psalms, the psalmist tells us that just by scrutinizing your relationship, you're already blessed. And he identifies three people there. Number one, the counsel of the wicked. You see, just by, and I said this when I was preaching in Lagos over the weekend, that just by not accepting the counsel of the wicked, you're already positioning yourself for the blessing. And let me say this very quickly. You know, most of us, let me know it's most of us, but you find some people who take counsel from social media influencers that are not born again. Listen to me. That is the counsel of an ungodly person. 
Whether the person has 250 million followers does not mean that they have a relationship with God. And the believer is conscious of where he's taking counsel from. Are, are you still here? Come on, talk to me. Are you still here? So, there is the counsel of the wicked, there is the path of sinners, and there is the seat of scoffers. Now, the word scoff or to scoff means to mock. To mock. To mock. Now, the New Living Translation says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So there is the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners. Or stand around with sinners. Or join in with mockers. And, and we have to be very careful because there is a lot of mockery going on where the things of God is concerned today. And sometimes we see these things like comedy and all of that, but it is mockery of the things of God. And I'll deal with that on Sunday when I talk about how to conduct ourselves in the house of God. But you see in Psalm 1 verse 1, the scripture clearly tells us to define our circle. Now, one of the things that we are struggling with nowadays is, people say, well, if we are not friends with sinners, how can we win them? Now, people bring that approach that the intention of being friends with sinners is to win them. But you realize that these people have been friends with sinners for 30 years, and rather than winning them, they are the ones that are becoming more liberal. You see, your number one agenda for a sinner is not to befriend them, it's to convert them. That should be your goal. Your goal should be their soul. There is something about being unequally yoked with unbelievers that we have to start reconsidering. Everybody cannot be your friend because you want to be uh, the liberal Christian who is not judging. And, and you know, when people say do not judge, is a very myopic perspective of scriptures because there are things that scripture has given us uh, standards and quality about that we can judge. And that's, that's important. But let's progress tonight. Are you still here? I can't hear you. Are you still here? Alright. Now, let me give you some thoughts on relationship. I'll give you five thoughts on relationship. Number one. Uh, let, let me read something in Psalm 26 verse 4. Go to Psalm 26 verse 4. Something that David said. Psalm chapter 26 and verse 4. He says... I do not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders or hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Go to verse, verse 4 again. I do not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders. It's important that there is a company you must not keep if you want to walk in destiny fulfillment. Now, what are some thoughts in relationship? Number one, no relationship mistake is final. And even the best of men will make mistakes in relationships. No relationship mistake is final. And even the best of men will make mistakes in relationship. If you would ask me, have I made mistakes in relationship? I would say, a very big yes. Alright? But as I began to study this, in fact, this was not part of my thought. I was somewhere today, uh, 
took the car to get something. And while I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit began to put this in my heart. So I just wrote it down and added it. The best of men will make mistakes in relationship. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 15 verse 36. Let's read a story. Acts 15 36. Do you remember Barnabas was called the son of consolation? Pay close attention here. Acts 15 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John called Mark along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Parphilia and had not gone with them to the work. So here were two apostles, praise the name of the Lord, here were two apostles, please go with me, hold your place there, please go with me to Acts chapter 13 if you please, verse 2. Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, please go with me there. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, remember what is our thought? The best of men can even make mistakes in what? Their relation. Are you here? And that no relationship mistake is what? Is final. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Who put this team together? Church, talk to me. Who put this team together? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit put Paul and Barnabas together as a team. Go to chapter 15. So they were to travel and Barnabas said, uh, wanted to take John, called Mark, John Mark. Barnabas said, let's take John Mark together. Paul said, this man, he deserted us when we were in Palphilia. He is not traveling with me. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement. Child of God, this disagreement led to Paul and Barnabas never working together again. And they occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Unfortunately, pay attention here, unfortunately, this was the end that we heard of Barnabas doing ministry. Whether he was wrong or right is not where I'm going to today. But you will realize that even these two men that the Holy Spirit spoke, that they should work together, had a sharp disagreement. And if the scripture calls it a sharp disagreement, it was a sharp one. And these were ministers. So let's not, let's not walk like we've always had it perfectly when it comes to relationship. And this separation, now pay attention, what the Lord brought together supernaturally, there was a separation in that relationship based on their choice. We don't know how impactful this was in their overall ministry, but this is very important. Uh, and as we go there, you realize that the enemy always targets supernatural relationships to cause division. And I'll deal with that as we go on. Now, are, are we clear on this one point? Alright. Second point, every relationship can be restored can be repaired and rebuilt once both parties have a common goal and mutual respect. Now, sometimes, it's, we can realize that a relationship is broken, but we know that the Holy Spirit put that relationship together. But that relationship can be repaired. And let me say, 
I think Pastor Mary kept, she kept hammering on this all the time she was teaching. Alright? You know, sometimes on our status, or, or uh, you know, after such messages, we discover uh, we, we have been blocked from several people. Uh, so, but it's fine. But you realize that people always put up this thing about cutting off people, right? This one, cut them off. I cut them off. If you don't greet me, I don't greet you. You show me pepper, I show you pepper. You show me green, I show you green. If you are a snake, you will know that I'm a boa. If you are a cobra, you will know that it was my grandfather is a co- you, you see, that whole thing, I'll use one word for it. It's devilish, it's demonic, it's not godly. Stop living that life. You were designed for relationships. There are relationships you will cut off. But if your first response to life is to say, I don't need anybody, child of God, you will never get into destiny. I don't care if you are the pastor of the largest church in the world or you are somebody sweeping the street somewhere, regardless of your status, every destiny you will fulfill is tied to relationship. Listen to this. Jesus could not have accomplished his mission without 12 disciples. That was relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, throw away all those things that you put up. Now, every relationship can be restored, repaired, and rebuilt. It comes with humility. Don't be so quick to walk away from supernatural relationships. And I really pray the Holy Spirit helps me tonight to share everything that's in my heart. Because I don't want to take this to Sunday. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. One of the reasons we walk away from supernatural relationships is pride. Even if we've made mistakes... And listen, when I talk about supernatural relationship, I would explain to you as we go further in this message, it is not just lowly people serving high people. There are high people whose supernatural relationship will have to do with the servants that's working for them. The people that's working for them. You've got to recognize that supernatural relationship is not only upwards, it's also downwards. Permit my use of the word downwards, but I'll explain later. Look at 2 Timothy 4.11. Everybody look at this verse. Do you remember Paul? What did Paul say about John Mark in Acts chapter 15 that we read? It is a, no, John Mark. He said they should not bring John Mark, right? Are you here? All right. They shouldn't bring John Mark on the journey. All right. Look at 2 Timothy 4.11. Only Luke is with me. Uh, let's read from verse 9. This is Apostle Paul. Make every effort to come to me soon. How many of you know the tone is changing now? Alright. For them as have loved this present world and has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Come on. How many of us? Let's read the next verse together. Everybody loud and clear. Read it together. Pick up Mark and bring him with you for he is useful Come on, everybody, let's read that loud and clear. Want to go? Pick up Mac and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for what? How many of you know it took a lot of humility for Paul to do this? This was the same Mark that he says, hey, don't travel with me. Don't go on the road with me. But later, Paul realized that Mark was useful in the ministry. And what did Paul do? Humbled himself and says, do what? bring back. So, that relationship was restored. 
And I'm, I'm glad that we did not see Mark. Say, come on, if you were Mark. Oh, somebody, talk to me in this church. If you were Mark, what will you say? I thank, I thank God. Thank you for everything. But I have made up my mind. The downfall of a man is not the end of his life. Do you realize? Do you realize that on both parts, both of them have to humble themselves? Come on. Because the mission of God is more important than personal preferences. I'll say that again. The mandate of God, the mission of God, is more important than what? Personal preferences. So they came together. That relationship was repaired. That relationship was restored. Mark also knew that he had a place in the assignment of Paul. Supernatural relationship. So even when you make a mistake where relationship is concerned, there are sharp disagreements, things go bad, you part ways, and the Lord begins to see a need for you to come back, swallow your pride, extend your hand of friendship, and if a hand of friendship is being extended to you, receive it. We've got to understand that without supernatural relationships, we will not go far. You know, something happened a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, just had this crisis with this uh, person. And because of the personal crisis we had, you know, there was another older minister that I started relating to. I was very upset. I was very angry. So I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to ask everybody to go. Everybody should just be on their own. Everybody should just, you know, I just... You know how you just rake on your own. You know, you are shouting to the mirror. You see your face very angry, then you shout the more. So I sat down to it. And then the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about the fact that, you know, you got in contact with this person supernaturally. And the Lord brought them supernaturally into your life. And the Lord began to point the, the things I have uh, been able to achieve because of that relationship. And I told myself, well, if, if because of this brother, I'm going to cut off that relationship, then it's not worth it. And thank God I didn't go with that decision. You know, some of you are quick to send messages. Right? And some of you are also quick to um, you just release your anger. But that will not work the righteousness of God. So, Paul restored this relationship. So we said every relationship can be restored. This can also apply to marriage. Marriage is a supernatural relationship. Regardless of what has gone on, that can be restored. Number three, relationships have consequences. Every relationship has consequences. Now, it is very important, let me define this. I'm not also teaching this so that relationships that did not add value to your life, you run back to activate them. And say, I'm not cutting you off again. No, I think it's supernatural. No. A supernatural relationship, I'll show you, one of the signs is that it brings increase and blessing your way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are relationships that you must not engage with. So, I'm not saying go back now and just start activating all kinds of people. You say, I ah, praise the Lord. I had a message today. And bring everybody back into your life that you shouldn't have in your space. So, relationships have consequences. Number four, have you taken that down? Number four, no matter what happens, we should not walk out of divine relationships, but, but seek to walk in peace. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
You see, one of the virtues of being a son of God is being a peacemaker. So no matter what happens, let's not be quick to knock off supernatural relationships. Let's not be quick to walk off supernatural relationships. Like I said, this applies to your home. This applies to covenant relationships. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 5, you realize that Elijah and Elisha had a supernatural relationship. But there was opportunities for Elijah to walk away. Because first of all, Elijah told him, you can stay here. But he pursued. The sons of the prophet says, your master will be taken away from you today. But he pursued. There is a level of pursuance you need to have in supernatural relationships. You know that God has placed us together. You know that God has brought us together. Alright, if I look back at my life today, growing up, younger days, doing ministry, if there's any regret I would have, is the fact that I walked out of relationships that the Lord had placed me because of anger, because of pride, because I just felt, well, I might not need those people. And I'll tell you the truth, if you walk out of relationships, it's hard to walk back in, especially when you walk out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, 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 um, uh, uh, and, and so I look back and I look at some people right now that we could have done ministry more together. We could have, and it's also that way on, on the part of other people that, you know, severed relationship with us because of something else. And years down the line, you know, we, we, we're just saying the fact that, yeah, we could have done much more together. So we all have that, all these experiences and all these stories. So in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 5, Elisha pursued that relationship because the Lord joined them together. So when the Lord joins us together for the sake of the kingdom, we must see that relationship from the eyes of the Lord because it's going to help us fulfill destiny. If you're here, say amen. amen. All right. Number five, pay attention here. We might need... Those whom seem weak and helpless. Divine relationships are not only the seemingly powerful to the weak, but also the weak, the weak helping the strong. <laughs> Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Please go with me there. Second Kings. You know, I teach in a lot of places, but I really like to teach in church. I, I, I like church. Second Kings chapter 5. Verse 1 to 5. Alright, Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man. Everybody say he was a great man? Okay, with his master and highly respected. Everybody say highly respected. Now look at this. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. How many of you know that these are great characteristics? Alright? How many of you know these are great characteristics? Right? Are these great characteristics? Alright. He was what? A great man. Everybody say great man. man. Alright. Everybody say highly respected. respected. Everybody say the Lord has given him victory. Everybody say valiant warrior. How many of you would like to have this man as your valentine gift? Alright. He was a great man, but he was a leper. Alright. Now, now the Aramean had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl. Somebody say a little girl. Now, I want you to compare that. Compare what we just read in verse 1, right? Great man, valiant warrior, mighty man, and compare this, contrast it with this. A little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. So this is who we can refer to as what in today's term? A nanny, a maid, a house girl. All right. 
She said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Can you see that even though the Lord, pay attention, granted victory to Naaman, Naaman was big, Naaman had all of this, the secret to his getting healed of leprosy was in who? A little girl. A little girl. That was a supernatural relationship right there. And you know, when Naaman got, when Naaman got to Elijah, and they said, deep in the river, what did he say? Huh? He says, I'm not going to... How many of you... You read the story now? Huh? Do you want me to get angry? Alright, talk to me. Verse 10. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you'll be clean. Verse 11. But Naaman was furious, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. You know all of this one. Why didn't you cure yourself? You know, sometimes pride feels like I know how I should be treated. I know how the healing should come. The man got angry and you don't want to be sick. A poor person is asking for help. Then he tells you how much to send and sends his account number. And then he tells you God has blessed you for us. Okay. Then he goes on to compare. And not Apena and Papa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. How many of you can see pride here? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in rage. See how this man almost missed his healing. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father had told... My father, sorry. Now, the servants called Naaman my father. Now, you can understand that. Listen very carefully tonight. In Naaman getting his healing, two relationships were at play. Number one... The servant girl who told him about the prophet in Israel, and this time again, his servant. Thank God that this man listened to his servants. And that's something we need to also take in our life. Sometimes when we are up there, we don't listen to people who are down here. In quotes, there should be no up and down, but you get what I'm saying. His servants came to, thank God he had access to his servant. Servants could speak to him. And that's why no matter how big you go, don't just cut off people. Don't just cut off access from even people you think in quote are lower. But he goes on to say, then the servant said, my father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and clean? So he went down and dipped himself and he was healed. I'll give you another quick story. When Saul was looking for the donkeys of his, uh, uh, the, uh, the donkeys of his father, He's, he wanted to go meet the prophet. And the prophet said, and they said, we couldn't meet the prophet empty-handed. I don't have anything. Who, who brought the money that he used to go see the prophet? The servant. So you see that in those days, servant-master relationship was not so much as, you can't talk to me. No, it was mutual. It was mutual. Let me give you another story quickly. Go with me to First Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Somebody learning something tonight? Alright. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 11 to 14. 1 Samuel 30, 11 to 14. Remember, God told David to pursue and to recover. 
Now they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he ate and they provided him water to drink. They gave him a piece of fig cake and two clusters of raisin and he ate. Then his spirit revived. This man almost died of hunger. They didn't have to rush him to the best hospital. They just gave him food. You know, that's why some of us, you're looking very, in quote, ugly. You don't like yourself in the mirror. It's because you don't have money. By the time you eat fresh fish, chicken, drink pepper soup, in the course of one year, you know how some of, some of you get jobs and you start getting increase, not only in your bank accounts, but in your body. And you're like wondering, ah, where was all this fat? Is is potential unleashed by money? All right. So this guy was looking dead. I'll show you something. This guy was looking dead, and his master dropped him. Verse thirteen. David said to him, "He says, for he had not eaten bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights." <laughs> David said to him, "To whom do you belong, and where are you from?" And he said, "I'm a young man of Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind when I fell sick three days ago." Verse 14, we made a raid on all of that. Verse 15, then David said, will you bring me down to his band and, you know, and all of that. This is what I'm, I'm pointing at. Even though God told David, go pursue and recover, who did God use to link David to where these Amalekites were? This same weak man who was going to die. My dad preached this message many years ago and called it the link man. Never forgotten the message. And this linked him up. You see, the people around us that look weak, that look feeble, if we just discard them, if we just throw them away, we don't know what potentials the Lord has in their life to help us do what? Fulfill destiny. And as I, as I proceed in my life going forward, one of the things I'm really trusting God for for wisdom and praying daily is how to handle all the relationships that God brings my way. Because I've seen that everything God has promised you is locked up in one divine relationship or the other. And that's where the enemy fights the most. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright, so let's take a look at this. I said, we might need people who seem weak and helpless. Divine relationships are not only the seemingly powerful to the weak, but also the weak helping the strong. I talked to you about Naaman and the slave girl. And I said this in my notes. When you are in a position of strength, do not despise the weak. When you are in a position of strength, do not despise the weak. Praise the name of the Lord. Say amen if you're here. Alright. Are you learning something tonight? Okay. What are supernatural relationships? What are supernatural relationships? These are relationships orchestrated or started by God to help us fulfill destiny. Supernatural relationships are orchestrated or started by God to help us fulfill destiny. Child of God, no matter how glorious your destiny is going to be, it will be fulfilled by the relationships God brings around you. And if there's a prayer, there are two things I want you to do after this message, is go back and analyze what are the supernatural relationships in my life, note them down, pray for the Lord to help you to use wisdom to manage them. Everything that God has promised you this year is going to come through supernatural relationships. 
Isaiah chapter 60, when he says, you're going to have the wealth of the nations. Who is going to bring the wealth of the nations? The people who are coming from the nations. Your sons and your daughters will come from afar. You might look strong today, but you will not always be this strong. And sometimes the weak around you are the people who are going to strengthen your arms. We must never live with today in mind. We must always live with the future in mind. Say amen. Alright, so these are relationships orchestrated by God to help us fulfill destiny. That's supernatural relationship. There are, they can start out in three ways. Supernatural relationships can start out in three ways. Number one, they can start out supernaturally. So Elijah and Elisha, their relationship started out supernaturally because God told Elijah to throw his garment on Elisha. That was supernatural. Now, number two, a supernatural relationship can start out naturally. Abraham and Lot. There was really nothing supernatural about them. They started out as family members, but of course we know that that, that, that relationship became supernatural. So a relationship can start out in, in the natural, but it later becomes a supernatural relationship. Then number three, I'm talking about how supernatural relationships can start. Then number three, it can start out casually or circumstantially. Jonathan and David. Now, Jonathan and David had a supernatural relationship. We'll talk about it as we continue. Jonathan and David had a supernatural relationship, but the relationship started because David was working for Saul, his father. So it started through circumstance, because David was employed. But because David was employed, David and Jonathan became supernatural friends or brothers. So supernatural relationships can start out supernaturally, Elijah and Elisha, naturally, Abraham and Lord, casually or circumstantially, Jonathan and David. How do we, I'll talk about signs of supernatural relationship. Uh, Let me just read a couple of scriptures. Supernatural relationships, one of the key signs, I'll talk about signs under another subheading, but let's look at it. One of the key signs of supernatural relationship is that when you trace them, they are a source of blessing to your life. Genesis 39.5. Genesis chapter 39, verse 5. This was the scripture that God used to start me off in this uh, message. Just the thoughts in my heart. Verse 5. It came about that, for, that from the time he made him overseer in his house, this was Joseph in Potiphar's house, and over all that he owned, look at this next line. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus, the Lord's Blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Can we read the New Living Translation, please? Or the Amplified? Look at it. He began to bless the household, Potiphar's household, for Joseph's sake. For Joseph's sake. Now, that is one of the primary indicators of supernatural relationships. Supernatural relationships will cause the blessing to start working in your life because of who you are hooked up with. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 27. Genesis 30 verse 27. And when the enemy attacks 
supernatural relationships, what the enemy tries to do by attacking supernatural relationships is actually attacking this increase and this blessing. Are you following? To cut you off from the places and the churches and the people that God has hooked you up with so he can cut you off the blessing. Are you following what I'm saying? Child of God, listen to me. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, no matter how much you give, there are people in your life right now that the blessing of God is working in your life because you're connected to them. And if you unplug from that source, I don't know what will happen. And we've got to design this. This is how God has made us uh, deficient by default. And find our place in the body. Like, like Pastor Mary was teaching us, we find the local church God wants us to be in. If God wants you plugged in this church, you ensure that nothing takes you out of it. Because then your supply is here. And if God doesn't want you here, then you find your way where God wants you. Because we also don't want people plugged in the local church that God hasn't brought. We've got to understand that there are places that God puts us and the enemy will do everything to cut off those relationships, to severe those relationships, hell or high water. We need to stay committed knowing that the Lord has brought certain divine relationships our way. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Genesis 30, 27. I'm telling you to say a lot of amen. I've missed your voices in my ears. So I want to hear as much voices as I can before I travel again. Genesis 20, 30, 27. Look at what Laban said. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. Can I get a simpler translation? Let's look at that. By divination, he went to search out. Right? The Lord has blessed me because of you. The Lord has blessed me because of you. How many of you know when they saw the boldness of Peter and John? What did the people say? They took notice that they had been with Jesus. Child of God, if you examine your life and you look carefully, you can find the trajectory where the blessings started getting activated in your life. Supernatural relationships that God has brought. Sometimes He's plugging you into a local church like this and you find out that the blessing of God started increasing and activating in your life because you started hearing the right word. And the enemy will do everything to sever that relationship because he doesn't want you to fulfill destiny. Sometimes we have to swallow our pride to say, hey, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm humbled. I've made a mistake. And try to restore that relationship. Because if the enemy is targeting the blessings that he has for us, we cannot walk away from it because of offense and hurt. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, let's look at Abraham and Lot very quickly. Genesis 12 1. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives. Pay attention. The Lord told him, leave your relatives. Leave your father's house to the land I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you are cursed. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Verse 4. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. So Abraham took Lot when he shouldn't have taken Lot. So he took Lot. 
So, this is a natural relationship. But it turned into a supernatural relationship. Go to Genesis 13. Verse 8. Now, Genesis 13, verse 1. So, Abraham went up from Egypt to Negev, he and his wife, and all that belonged to him, and Lot with him. So, he took Lot. Verse 3. Now, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Now, go to verse 8. Remember, in all this conversation, God never spoke to Lot. Lot never had any encounter with God. Listen to me, child of God. God never promised Lot anything. Are you paying attention tonight? But Lot got blessed because he hung around blessed, a blessed man. Some of you need to humble yourself and just hang around people with the blessing on their life. I don't mean people who have money. I mean people with the supernatural hand of God in their life. Just hang around long enough and the anointing of increase will rub off on you. All this living as an island of your own, thinking that without people, you can be okay. Hey, you better watch it. But let's see what happened. So, verse 7. And there was strife between the headsmen of Abraham's livestock and the headsmen of Lot's livestock. Can you imagine? Now, pay attention here. Remember, supernatural relationships are always separated by strife. And I'll deal with that. But it wasn't even Abraham and Lot fighting. It is the workers of Abraham and Lot. You know, sometimes the people that bring strife into a supernatural relationship is not the people themselves. It's the people who are defending the interests of their master. That have no idea how that relationship started. <laughs> Let's go on. Verse 8. So Abraham said to Lot, remember, peacemaking. Please, let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my headsmen and your headsmen, for we are brothers. Is this no whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I'll go to the right. If to the right, then I'll go to the left. Abraham humbled himself, just like Paul humbled himself and called for John Mark. And I realized this, listen to me. In the Christian faith, it is the hallmark of spiritual uh, maturity to humble yourself to retain divine relationship. It's humility. It will look like you're the weak person. If we look at Paul, right, when Paul called for John Mark again, it looked like Paul was the weak person. Come on, are you paying attention? What do you think? Yeah, it looked like Paul was the weak person. Right? Abraham looked like the weak person. We are not trained to walk the path of peace. It's foreign to our nature. Because the path we are training to walk in this world is to hold to our rights, to hold to our position, to hold to our status. Now, let's go on. So Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the valley of Jordan and all that. Verse 11. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of Jordan and Lot journeyed eastward towards they separated from each other. He now chose Sodom. Abraham settled in Canaan. While Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. 12. Instead of Lot to say, hey, you know what guys? This is the man who brought me. I'm not going to get into strife. Some of you need to know when to protect divine relationships. There are people you shouldn't be listening to gossip about because that's a way to scatter divine relationships. You should just know, say, on this one, I'm not having a conversation. I remember a couple of, uh, during the U.S. elections, you know, those who 
know me know I respect Brother Copeland quite a lot. The Lord used this ministry to really help me get into faith, especially in the area of finances and supernatural increase. And so someone called me, and Brother Copeland was supporting a particular candidate, and so a, a, a minister I respect called me, and he said, uh, what do you think about this thing that Brother Copeland is doing and all that and all that? So I said, I don't discuss Brother Copeland. He said, eh, I know, it's not, but I'm not, what's your view? I, I don't have any view. I will not have a conversation where Brother Copeland is concerned. I will not have that conversation. He's esteemed in my life. He's esteemed in my household. He's esteemed in my ministry. If I see something I don't agree with, it's fine. I'll keep my mouth shut. But I will not have a conversation about someone the Lord has placed into my life supernaturally, used to bring certain level of increase into my ministry supernaturally, I will not have that conversation. And that is what David said about Saul. He says, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. There are people in your life that the Lord has brought to you supernaturally that there are conversations you must not have around those people because through them, the anointing of increase and the blessing of God is at work in your life. I don't know how you're going to take this message, but I pray that the Lord and the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to divine relationships and know that from this point, when I got hooked up to this man or this woman or this person or that person, certain levels of increase started in my life and I'll do everything in my life to preserve that increase. And like I said, it's not about just the way up, it's also the way down. There are people God has brought in your life that you have to recognize and you have to know that this is divine. Are you learning something tonight? All right. Is this too much information? Can we still go ahead? As I say, let's just breathe first. All right. Okay. So, now go on. Verse 14, Genesis 13, 14. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, so could you see that the Lord did not have any conversation with Lot? Hey, come on church. Did you see the Lord did not have any conversation with Lot? Who did God have conversation with after Lot had separated? Abraham, listen to me. Sometimes we feel that our separation from certain people will hurt them. It will not hurt them. It will hurt us. At the end of the day, how many of you know it was still Abraham that interceded for Lot? And Long and short of the story, how much goods did Lot carry from Sodom? How much? Yeah? How much? Nothing. The one they were quarreling over that made them to separate? Everything. In fact, even his wife. Yeah? So sometimes you might separate from divine relationships and it looks like everything is going on well. The end is will not be well. I pray that the Lord opens your eyes to what I'm teaching. I don't know how to explain this to you in the natural, but child of God, there are supernatural relationships in our life that we need to endeavor, humble ourselves to preserve. And that's how the Lord ended up with nothing. Absolutely nothing. And regardless of how Abraham was being fought, regardless of all the things that came against Abraham, you find that Abraham is always triumphant. But I like the lifestyle of Abraham. Abraham did not say, you know what, if it was me, before I was born again, and God now say, I'm going to destroy Sodom. I say, which Sodom, sir? Just want to clarify. Say Sodom where Lot is. So will the destruction get to his house? Say yes. Let him know. No. Our, listen, our 
posture in the kingdom is not to make the people around us who make wrong decisions suffer. Our posture, I'll talk about that, is intercession and peacemaking. Because listen to me, child of God, there is a bigger picture in the kingdom that we are not seeing now. Are you still here? Talk to me. Are you still here? Alright. So, Lord got blessed because of proximity to Abraham. Lord got blessed because of proximity to Abraham. Jerry Saber thought a message uh, on increase by association. I talked about his relationship with Brother Copeland and how that just opened him up. There are people that God will place in your life and increase will begin to happen. We still have a lot. Let's try and we can finish. Signs of supernatural relationship. Signs of supernatural relationship. Three signs. Number one, they are divinely ordained and orchestrated by God. So a supernatural relationship is divinely ordained and orchestrated by God. By orchestrated, I mean started up, put together by God. You know, when the Lord sent us to this island, I never grew up in River State, never had anything to do with River State, spent all my life in Delta State. I mean, my life was just between the Isoko villages I grew up, and my, my, my furthest development was moving from the village to Wari. You know, that was the that was the greatest travel space that I went to. That was the furthest progress I made. Because when I was going to school, I traveled backwards again, right? So when I was going to school, I had to now leave Warrior and go back to Delta State University, Abraka. So, so my life for 20 plus years was centered around village, Warrior, Abraka. Just a short triangle there. I would, at that time, with 1,000 naira, you could cover the trajectory of my life. You could move from the village for like 500 and go to Warwick, which is the main city, the capital city of my life, and move back to school for just like 300. So if you had 1,000 naira, you could travel the whole of my life together. Alright? So you could just, that was my whole life. And then, I was to go to youth service. So God took me from there and sent me all the way to the north. God, through the federal government, took me from there and sent me all the way to the north. So I went to serve in Zampara. Right? My lovely wife, Pastor Mary, all our life was around the north. I don't know how much, because transport was cheaper up in the north. So, I don't know. But maybe about the same amount. So my wife spent up, right? Barracks baby. Soldier girl. Don't try my wife, bro. <laughs> Father will just shoot you. Major. The daughter of a major general. Alright? Okay. So my wife spent all her life in Meduguri, Kaduna, Zaria, right? Joss. That's where God posted her life for me to catch her, because she was going very fast. So, we met in Zampara, alright? Natural meeting. Federal government sent me there, federal government sent her there. We met, casually, naturally, it became supernatural, because she was looking for me. Alright, so it became supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> so we got married right that is supernatural so the Lord joined us together and then we go back to Delta State for her God sent her all the way and then while in Delta State the Lord sends both of us to come to Bonnie Island so you can see that in my history and 
I've just given you our Valentine's story. All right. <laughs> so you can see that in my history and her history, there was nothing about River State. Yeah? Then the Lord sent us not only to River State, but the Lord sent us to beautiful island, Bonnie Island. We are here supernaturally. And so, because the Lord brought us here supernaturally, there are people the Lord wants to connect with us, what? Supernaturally. So we've got to understand that. What I'm trying to say is, sometimes the Lord will move, you will not be here by accident. You will not be in the local church by accident, because God is doing all of this movement, that's what I mean by orchestration, God is doing all of this movement to get us in a place of supernatural relationships. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say amen if you're still here. Alright, number two. There is increase and the blessing at work. So one of the signs of supernatural relationships is when supernatural relationships begin to happen, increase. You will just see increase. And of course the Lord brought us here, increased us, the Lord has brought you here, and I believe the Lord is increasing you and the Lord is joining us together and we're experiencing increase. Number three... You recognize supernatural relationships by discernment. Put up First Samuel twenty three seventeen for me. You recognize supernatural relationships by discernment. It might not be obvious to the natural eyes what the source of increase and blessing is. Do you remember uh, Jacob said, "I have learned by div- divination." That means he went to inquire. And they told him, listen, the source of your blessing is that guy Jacob. It it might not be obvious to Potiphar that the source of his blessing was who? Was Joseph. Sometimes the source of our blessings might not be obvious to us. And that's why we we have to trust the Lord for supernatural relationships. You know, a few weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me about a particular ministry. And the Lord, you know, was giving me instructions where that ministry was concerned and about the next phase of our assignment. And, and I'm taking those instructions seriously because we might not know how the Lord is leading us to join ourselves together. All right, he says, 1 Samuel 23:17. Thus he said to him, do not be afraid. This was Jonathan to David. Because the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you. And you will be king over Israel. And I will be next to you. And Saul, my father, knows that also. Can you imagine a prince? Can you imagine a prince telling a guitarist in the palace that you will be king and I will be next after you? Can you imagine that? It has to be discerned. It's like, it's like he's heir to the throne. But he says, you know what? You're the one that God is blessed as king. Sometimes you need to discern the people God has placed to lead you. This has nothing to do with your natural age, your money. Your, no, it has to just be the, the positioning of the Lord. For instance, you need to come to a place, if you're in this local church, where you recognize beyond the shadow of a doubt, these are my pastors and these are my leaders and the Lord has put us together. And I take my position behind them as my pastors and my leaders. I remember one Friday service in the, we were in the service and the Lord spoke to me. He says, this is your biological father, but he has to become your spiritual father. And I made my decision that day to relate to my dad as my spiritual father. He's always been my spiritual father where that is concerned. So he says, I'll be next to you. So we have to discern by the eyes of the spirit, supernatural relationships. 
It might not look obvious in the natural. We, we, so I really want you to spend this night praying and evaluating and looking at and making adjustments where this is concerned. Take, we have three more stuff. What destroys supernatural relationships? Next subtitle. What destroys supernatural relationships? So for the next 10 minutes, please pardon me, I'm going to just list things and so you write them down. Please get this message again and listen to it. It's a lot of content I've put in one message, but I think this is one of the most important messages that would help you in your destiny. What destroys supernatural relationships? And this is also between a, a marriage relationship, a supernatural relationship, a pastor, local church members are supernatural relationships. You can take that further in terms of service and honor. Maybe the Lord has called you to work along your pastors, ministry of helps. You know, just where the Lord is leading you. The enemy will do everything in its power to destroy supernatural relationships. Don't ever forget this. Every supernatural relationship is targeted by the enemy because he doesn't want to see increase and blessing. And let me tell you, when there is separation in supernatural relationships, one partner loses. Someone will lose. Between Abraham and Lot, we saw Lot losing. Between uh, Paul and Barnabas, we saw the whole of the ministry of Barnabas shut down. You know, of course, John Mark was restored. But that whole thing, we don't know how much potential was in that apostolic team and that apostolic relationship. Between Elijah and Elisha, because he pressed further, come on now, we can see the double impact Elisha had. But how many of you know Gehazi? Because Gehazi abused that supernatural relationship through guilt. He wasn't hungry. It wasn't like Elijah was treating him badly. We see that through greed, uh, Gehazi cut off from Elisha and we see the end of his life. He got leprosy. Number one, offense. What destroys supernatural relationship is offense. People getting offended. People getting offended. Just offense. It can be legitimate. It can be illegitimate. It can be true rumors. It can be true spoken words. You know, one of the seven things God hates is he that sows discord among brethren. And if there's anything you're going to have to learn to value in your life, is learning not to sow discord where there shouldn't be discord. Offense. Number two, strife. This was what happened to Abraham and Lot. Strife. We are talking about things that destroy supernatural relationships. Number one, offense. Number two, strife. Number three, orders. <laughs> orders, write it down. Orders. Right? It was the strife of Lot's headsmen that brought the separation to Abraham and Lot. It wasn't Abraham and Lot. Abraham and Lot had no quarrel. It was what? The, the people working for them. Alright? Others can bring that. Number four, fleshy manipulation and trying to take advantage in the natural. This is like Gehazi. Now, Gehazi was manipulating uh, to get close. A supernatural relationship that should bring increase, he got into the flesh and tried to manipulate, praise God, that relationship. Some of you, God has brought you to people that are willing to bless you from their hearts, but you cannot stop asking them for money. Huh? Supernatural relationship. What the man has in plan for you is higher. The person has great plans for you, but your present need and your present circumstances 
will cause you to ruin that relationship because you're just being manipulative to get from a relationship that the Lord has put in your life. What to do when supernatural relationships are fractured? What to do? Did you get the four things that destroy supernatural relationships? Say amen if you got them. Alright, number one is what? Offense. Number two? Number three? Number four? And what? Trying to take advantage in the natural. Alright. What to do when supernatural relationships are fractured? What do you do if a supernatural relationship has some issues? Number one, if you err or if you're the one that make mis- made a mistake or you're the one that walked in strife, just repent before the Lord. Repent before the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry I went the wrong path. And listen to me. When you receive the forgiveness of God, you forgive yourself. Most of the times, we try to repay supernatural. We try to repay our mistake by paying for our sins ourselves, and that itself is pride. You've got to receive the forgiveness that God has given to you. Of course, you're going to make amends in the natural. You're going to bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. You're going to make adjustments. But then you do that repentance there. You, you tell yourself, I recognize this is a supernatural relationship. You know, you know I have not handled this rightly and, and, and everything. Number two, walk the path of peace and intercession like Abraham. Let me tell you. One of the strongest things you can ever do is to pray and intercede for the relationships that God has brought around you. Praise God. Are you still here? I can't hear you. Are you here? Alright. So walk the path of peace and intercession like Abraham. Learn to pray. It's something I'm learning now. I'm praying for the people around me. I'm praying for our staff. I'm praying for our workers. I'm praying for those that serve with us. Because these are supernatural relationships. Praying that God will strengthen and give us wisdom and help us to be able to together join our hands because there are people that should be here that through offense or the other maybe have left the church, walked away, that shouldn't have. Whether we like it or not, it's not a plus to the kingdom. And so we've got to pray. Because the enemy will always sow that seed. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Number three, trust God for supernatural restoration. Just like it happened to John Mark and Apostle Paul. The Lord again can put things back together. Are we, are we, are we together there? What to do when supernatural relationships are fractured was number one. Let me hear you. If you err or walk in strife, what do you do? You repent. Number two, you walk the path of peace and intercession like Abraham. Number three, you trust God for supernatural restoration. Okay, lastly, what to do to keep supernatural relationships active? What to do to keep supernatural relationships active? Number one, walk in mutual honor. When I mean walk in mutual honor, I put the word mutual honor there because supernatural relationships are not just down up. There are people just like the, the Amalekite, his, the, the slave, the Egyptian slave, his master threw him away. Don't throw people away. They might be weak. They might not measure up to your expectation, but feed them. This might not be natural food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Give them materials. Give them. 
feed them. In those people around you are information that you might require tomorrow for your victory. So people might be famished. People might be weak spiritually. They might not be up to where you need them to be spiritually. And that's a decision I've just told myself. I will. It's something the Lord is working in my heart about. We can wish for the strongest people to be members of our church. We can wish for the most spiritual people to be, to be members of this local church. But what happens if the people around you are weak? What happens if the people around you are famished? What happens if everybody around you are those that you know, people have thrown away? You've got to feed them. You've got to nourish them. And that's where we pray for you. That's where we feed you the word of God. That's why we teach you the way we're teaching. I'm not saying you've been thrown away. But I'm just saying that's the mindset that we're not just looking for the strong, but we're helping the weak to become strong. Are you following what I'm saying? David, the men that gathered around David when he started his ministry, what kind of men gathered around David? Men that were in debt, men that were in distress, men that were discontented. They were the people in the cave of Adullam. But David worked with them, and later they became the mighty men of David. You know, many times we pray for mighty people, but the truth of the matter is, in the weak people around us today are the mighty people that we will need tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That stuff in your office that looks like it's not catching up. If you would spend time to train them, give them materials, increase their capacity, you can't tell tomorrow how the future is going to turn out. So you work in mutual honor. Because sometimes we only teach honor upwards. We only teach honor to people up. And the people up disregard the people down. No, there's got to be mutual honor. There's got to be mutual honor. Because we're brothers in Christ. Number two, walk in intercession and prayer. As child of God, I cannot tell you the importance of praying. Pray over every relationship that the Lord has brought your way. Take time. In 10 minutes and pray. In 15 minutes and pray. You know, the scripture says, when Job prayed for his friends, his captivity was turned around. That's why that book is important. Pray for us. Pray for your pastors. The Lord brought us together in a supernatural relationship. And there's a purpose He brought us here. There's a purpose He brought us to this local church. You pray. I pray for you. You pray for me. There is a supply of the Spirit according to Paul in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 13. And lastly, understand the purpose, understand the reason, and understand the season for every divine relationship. And align yourself accordingly. Understand the purpose, the reason, and the season for every divine relationship and align yourself accordingly. There are purpose, seasons, and reasons for every divine relationship. And we have to understand it. And then we align ourselves conveniently. We align ourselves appropriately. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. Have you been blessed tonight? So two things I want you to go home, practice tonight. Number one, take time and evaluate the divine relationships that God has brought in your life. You don't have to force it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak on your inside. Some you already know. And every divine relationship God has brought in your life, pray over them. Pray in the Spirit over them. And tell the Lord, Father, I cherish and I honor these people you've brought into my life. I cherish and I honor people you've placed around me, I know that you have great plans for me and these people are part of it. So I receive the wisdom 
to walk in these relationships. And if there is offense in your heart, you let it go. If there is strife in your heart, you let it go. And you trust the Lord for grace to uh, advance further. Child of God, let me tell you this. In closing, there is so much more God has for us. We haven't even scratched the surface. And He's brought people around us to help us to get this done. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you for your word. Lord, we yield to you where this teaching is concerned. For correction, for instruction, for reproof, and for direction. And we ask, Holy Spirit of God, that you help us by the Spirit to identify divine relationships. And you help us, O oh God, to pursue them. And Father, where there's offense and where there's hurt in our hearts, we pray by the Holy Spirit of God that there will be healing. And that we will stay where the Lord has placed us. We will stay committed and rooted where the Lord has aligned us. And I'm asking Holy Spirit of God that you will help us to identify, to recognize, and to pursue the relationships that will bring blessings our way and not to walk away from the relationships that you've brought in our life. And this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, let's get ready to receive our offering. I just want to find out, is there anyone who is... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.